This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, October 18, 2021. Thanks for being here. Shep, did you survive the crazy weekend in college football? I did. There were a, a lot of, uh, let's just say, interesting things happening at uh, college football games. Uh, throughout. Oh, what my the, God. What in the world was, what? was that a golf ball? <laughs> what is this, Tennessee? What, we got Vol fans in here. What, the crew? It's a golf ball. Are you kidding me? Did you see that? Did you see that, by the way? Where did it come from? I don't know. Is that a Titleist? Look at this. in the world? Look, there's only two people that understand what just happened. Myself and Lane Kiffin. We're the only two that can relate (laughs) to this. Only those two. (laughs) How crazy was that? Are you okay? I am okay. Did it hit you in the face? No, it did not. Uh, Is that our crew? Did some youth fans get in here? What just happened? Some Tennessee fans? How crazy is that? That was crazy. That was nuts. Who's like, I have something to throw. Hold on. (laughs) Golf ball. (laughs) Who just randomly carries golf balls? See, BYU fans would throw tortillas on the field. You know what I mean? In celebration of a touchdown? Throw cougar tails. Messy. Maybe some maple. Cougar, maybe some cougar crunch. Some cougar crunch. Oh my gosh! That's yeah. That was that was that was pretty crazy and universally just taken. Oh, as we replay this, boom! Just right in the shoulder blade. <laughs> Excuse me, the collarbone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we have workman's comp here. Is that the thing? Yeah, form a fi- <laughs> formal complaint. Here we go. Boom! Yeah, right on that left. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we, let, can we, let's do it one more time. I didn't get to see it. Let's see it one more time. Everyone else saw it like yeah, two I, didn't, or three I know. I, I want to see it one more here time. It, here it is. One more okay, time. here it is. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> and then the reaction. <laughs> that really did hit on the collarbone. Like, <laughs> like right on the collarbone. Okay, we're going to break some other stuff on the show. Collarbones. <laughs> who knows? News. Opinions. News? Who knows? Here's your show lineup. What happened against Baylor? What happened? Oh, we lost. Didn't you see the game? And what's still, uh, yeah, on YouTube TV on the road. And what's still possible for BYU this season? Uh, ESPN's Trevor Maddich helps us answer those questions and more. Jason Shepard's get, uh, get shafted again. We'll mm. tell you how. Wow. We play overreaction, underreaction. And Elijah Bryant has a new team in the early league after being let go by the Bucks. But first, some headlines. Apparently, since Jerem didn't see this, I'll update him no, I, on, on no, what I, happened. No, I saw it. Uh, I watched on YouTube TV. <laughs> you and I both YouTube TV subscribers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, BYU loses to Baylor on the road. Final score, 38-24. Cougars now dropping their second game in a row after the 5-0 start. After the game, quarterback Jaron Hall said this loss hurts, but it's all about how BYU responds after this. It's got to be tough, man. Relying on each other, yeah, it's going to hurt a little bit on the plane. It's going to hurt and through the weekend, but, you know, it's just part of the game, understanding that, you know, failure happens, and it's, it's about how you respond for that failure that will, you know, really make who you are as an individual. As you would expect, BYU falls out of the AP Top 25. ESPN has announced, by the way, it's always fun when we get the game times for these games, uh, and this is a big one with Bronco Mendenhall coming back. The Bronco to, Bowl, Jason. It is the Bronco Bowl, yes. Uh, ESPN has announced that the Virginia game on October 30th will be a 10-15 Eastern kickoff on ESPN2. So when you're not in the top 15, you go back to... It's like so many afternoon games, kicks. and now yep. you're you're relegated back to late night. Yuri <sighs> plays at Washington State Saturday, but perhaps without head coach Nick Rolovich, who has not been vaccinated for COVID-19 and is waiting to find out the results of a religious accommodation request. The state of Washington mandates all employees be vaccinated or have an exemption. 
request approved by today to continue employment. So we'll see what happens to that situation. Cougars in the National Football League. Michael Davis and the Chargers losing to the Ravens. Davis with five tackles in the 34-6 loss to Baltimore. Kyle Van Oy had four tackles in a 35-29 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. An extremely entertaining game. Brother Kellen Moore calling the plays there. That's right. Daniel Sorensen had a solo tackle and a Chiefs win at Washington. Hey, we're back on the winning track. Jamal Williams rushed for 11 yards in a Lions loss to Spencer's Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, the Jets, 49ers, and Saints were all on buys, so nothing from Zach Wilson, Fred Warner, or Taysom Hill. Number eight, women's volleyball beats number 24 Pepperdine in four sets Saturday. The Cougs are 18-1 on an 11-match win streak. How about that? Massive game Friday against number 22 San Diego, the rival in league. Nine Eastern on BYU TV Friday night. We'll see what both are ranked after updated rankings come out today. Women's soccer beat Pacific six to one. There they to go improve. again. <laughs> another six another six goal performance. They are now four and zero in WCC play. The Cougars two games this week. They will visit San Francisco Wednesday night before coming back to Southfield on Saturday to host LMU. Man, they just scored a ton of goals. It's like ridiculous run. Five of those six were scored in the first half. Fun second half there. Uh, Cougar Hoopsters overseas were good over the weekend. Brandon Davies, 27 points, 10 boards, 4 assists, and an 85-81 overtime win for Barcelona against Monaco. Kyle Collinsworth had 17 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and a Seahorses Makawa 98-96 win last night in Japan. And Elijah Bryant signs a two-year deal with Anadolu Efes, defending EuroLeague champs in Turkey. Congratulations to Elijah. Absolutely. BYU baseball ties with Utah 6-6 in 12 innings in last Friday's fall exhibition in Salt Lake City. The Cougars will host the Utes at Miller Park this Saturday at 1 p.m. with free admission for fans. I will also have the radio call on BYU Radio. And the AP preseason men's basketball top 25 was just released. Gonzaga number one, shocking. BYU did receive three votes in the initial poll, puts them at 45th. So BYU is 45th in the top 25. Uh, BYU Hoops also announces Midnight Madness will be this Friday at the Marriott Center. Doors open at 10.15 local time. The event starts at 11. That's an event you and I don't go to because we're old. (laughs) And it's too late at night. (laughs) All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, let's talk it out. BYU's lost two in a row. Boise State and now Baylor. 38-24. Five and two on the season. Okay, out of the top 25. From the top 10 to out of the top 25. What did we learn about this BYU team after two straight losses, Jason? Uh, you will see a theme uh, with a lot of mine. Not all of okay. the points, but you will certainly like, see a theme. Like Halloween themed? or uh, Sort of, but not, because okay. I hate Halloween. Uh, <laughs> me, me, me and you. <laughs> okay, number one, if BYU can't run the ball, it's going to be difficult to win. Amen. That, 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 is, that has become more and more evident. And, and here are the numbers. The rushing yards that BYU has had for every game thus far. Against Arizona, 162. Mm-hmm. Against Utah, 193. Arizona State, 161. South Florida, 181. Utah State, 221. Thank you, Tyler Algier. And those were all five of the wins. The last two losses. Now, this is not significantly lower, but it is lower. Boise State, BYU ran for 140. Baylor, they ran for 67. And most of that came on a touchdown run from Jaron Hall of 56 yards. So the two lowest rushing yards 
in terms of you know per you know total yards per sub game one sixty is 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 yeah. one sub one fifty, and both have been losses. So if BYU cannot run the ball offensively, it's going to be difficult to win. Here's something else, and again, I told you a theme: when Jaron Hall runs, good things happen for the offense. We mentioned the fifty-six yard touchdown; it was on a fourth in one play, and he was wide open. It was a great read, and there was no chance anybody was catching him. That is such an important part of Jaron being the quarterback that when he is, clearly he still has the speed, so when he runs, good things happen. If you can run the ball, you can move the ball in the BYU defense. That is something else that I learned. That's anybody, yeah. That's that's not not exclusive to BYU. No, but I'm just saying, that's something else we learned. It was reinforced that if you have a running attack right now, you're going to be able to move the ball on the defense. Here's something else. Puka Nakua is becoming BYU's best receiving target. Week in and week out, he is getting better and better and better. Now, let's also realize he's also getting healthier and healthier every week. Hamstring's better. His performance was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, This is another one. The Boise State loss is worse than we thought. Obviously, losing it was bad. But when they go home and lose to Air Force, and I understand Air Force is having a good year. Air Force has had other good seasons. They don't go up to Boise State and win on the blue turf. Well, anyone they did can this win week. Up there now. Well, Nevada, but that Oklahoma makes State, that makes the loss to Boise State even worse. And then the last thing is the Big Twelve is a step up in play. There's no question. But one game does not mean everything. I see all of these. Well, look, BYU lost to Baylor. That means they're not fit for the. Stop it. It was a game. I yes, told you to stop going. It to happened board, to Jason. be against. A Big 12 team. Let's not make sweeping judgments about BYU's fit in the Big 12 based on one game. Stop it. Yeah, I think BYU should uh, say no thanks because – no, of course not. Yeah, okay, those are some keen observations. Uh, a few for me. Welcome to Power 5 football where – I'm not talking the Baylor game. I'm talking the amount of Power 5s BYU is stacked up, okay? You are going to lose some games. Two weeks ago I said I still felt like there were two losses on this schedule. I hate that I was right about that because I didn't see them in the next two weeks. I just thought they'd happen over the next seven. But here we are. BYU's knocked out of the top 25, okay? But BYU did a tremendous job, when healthy at the beginning of the year, to take care of business. I think we can point to one thing that massively changed the season. I suppose two. Quarterback injuries. Jaron Hall's rib injury is a big freaking deal, Okay. He rushed eight times. Five of those were sacks. One was the fourth and one. Two others were rushed. Jaron Hall's, um, in, not inability, but his, his, in, well, his inability to, I guess, take hits and want to sustain hits with the ribs, which makes total sense, is tough for the BYU run game. You can load it up against Tyler Algier. Lopini Katoa did not have a carry, by the way, against Baylor after the two fumbles against Boise State. I imagine we'll see him against Washington State. Okay, that's tough. And Baylor Romney getting a concussion and being unavailable is effective as well. Last week I asked the question, would Baylor Romney, a healthy Baylor Romney be better than, uh, a better option than Jaron Hall if he can't run and take hits? I still think that might be a yes, but Baylor Romney's still not available. We'll see Saturday. Jaron Hall hasn't done anything to be unseated as the quarterback. No, of course not. I just think the run game is not as open, and when you're playing a talented defense like Baylor and then Boise State was better than we thought on defense, that changed the game. If you're able to run the ball, even if you cough it up, maybe you still win that game, right? BYU was not going to beat Baylor in this game. Baylor was too good. This was different than Boise State where it was uh, self-inflicted, self-inflicted turnovers. Yes. This was Baylor is a better team than BYU, Yes, and you move on, right? Welcome to the Big 12 as well. 
Welcome to Big 12 football. I don't have a massive issue with giving up 38 points to Baylor. I have an issue with BYU not keeping up on offense. Because, yes, on defense, play better. This is the Big 12. BYU's going to play games like that one where they have to score 40 to win. Okay, That is a thing that is going to happen in the Big 12. That's the brand of ball. Like you said, it's not the Pac-12. I loved <laughs> this tweet. I was literally LOLing hard. At Devin D33, we need another cupcake Pac-12 game. <laughs> this wasn't the Pac-12, right? Where BYU could win against Arizona, Utah. Much improved with Cam Rising. Good thing he didn't start right against Utah, uh, against BYU. And then Arizona State did their undisciplined thing again. Okay, nine and three um, is in play. All good. I th- I think BYU can still go four and one down the back five. Yes, of course I, they can. I'm not saying five and zero oh because I think there's still issues. And but it's possible. Fives. Sure. Yes, every one of those games is winnable. If BYU finishes 9-3 and three in the regular season, in- tremendous. A chance at 10 in the bowl game, you'd probably be ranked to finish the season, and you would be preseason ranked probably with a returning quarterback. That would be awesome. And I do expect them to go 4-1 and one at worst down the stretch. At worst, okay. I think it's 4-1 and one at worst. I think 3-2 is at worst. I think 4-1 and one's at best. I don't think 5-0 and oh is probably. I think there's one game you drop in there, okay? 5-0 um, and oh in the Pac-12 is still in play, by the way. 5-0 in the Pac-12 is still in play. I think that'd be fun. If BYU wins against USC, Pac-12, de facto champs. You're going to lose every year. Just a reminder, okay? When BYU sat at 5-0, it's like, oh, maybe that. No. When you play 7 power 5 you ain't going undefeated. Sorry, did Alabama go undefeated this year? Is Clemson having an off year? We think BYU is equal to those programs right now. They are not. They're hoping to become that at some point in the future, some juggernaut. The reality is, if BYU can be a nine-win team as a Power Five in the Big Twelve, that'd be tremendous. It just would. Okay, um, and then, and then it's it just it it is what it is. You lose some games. Um, Paul Charrington, this was hilarious on Twitter. This probably means BYU won't win the national championship if BYU can't pull off the comeback. This is during the game. BYU's won the national championship every year we beat Baylor in football. We have never won the national championship when we haven't beaten Baylor. Look, that is the scientific fact. There's nothing that we can dispute with that tweet. That is that is 100% fact. I'm I'm not okay with, you know, uh, necessarily how the game played out. Although last week I was concerned Shep, on the show that this was a tough challenge and but we knew, did not meet it. We we knew this was going to be one of if not the toughest game on the schedule. Yes, I just didn't think BYU would give up 300 yards and couldn't stop. Yeah, but, the run. but look, here's, that was really disappointing. I, I understand you can look back and say, well, if this happens and blah, you you can play that game until you drive yourself insane. But let's not forget in the second half, BYU was on its way in. It appears certainly for points. It looked like a touchdown was probably coming. And then you have the hit on Jaron where he fumbles the ball. You have joined the exclusive club <laughs> of mixing my name with Look, you. Look, and, and I don't blame Jaron for that yeah. because he, he, had no, he could not see that. You can blame me for that. I will blame, I will blame you for that. Yeah. Uh, but, but look, yeah. it, the, the defender was able to make a move on the, on the, on the right tackle. Campbell Barrington and, had a few and, moments and a, that were a tough. Few, I mean, he had a few steps, and it was right into Jaron. If that drive continues like you thought it would. BYU's pulling within three. Yeah. So, but that, I think, was what changed. Like, w- when you go from almost being able to go to three and then not getting any points, they go down and score, it just kind of changes everything. This is a game where BYU probably had to be plus two or three in meaningful uh, moments and field position to be able to equalize in this. And th- you know what? Jeff Grimes won the Jeff Grimes Bowl. Uh, BYU's going to have plenty of shots at Baylor. 
in the next couple of years. Yes. By the way, shout out to early rise, shout out to the BYU fans who showed up at that game. Oh my gosh, we heard you. Like we heard you. Uh, it was amazing. And Baylor, Baylor was impressed. Every, Baylor keep, was impressed. All, yeah. Not the Baylor yeah. fans. You see people tweeting about how great it was. The the fan response. And from they BYU. rolled out the red carpet. Yes, as Spencer talked about in Canada in the kickoff, which was awesome. Very classy uh, situation there, which was great. Our question of the day: What did we learn about this BYU team after two straight losses? Let's hear from you and Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. We ain't on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We go to the Grams. The first response at juror.pet98. Uh, BYU is still outperforming expectations, but we're gassed right now. If you told fans at the start of the season, we'd be 5-2 and two at this point. With a win over Utah, we'd be ecstatic. BYU still has the potential to win 9-10 to 10 games, but they need to get to this upcoming bye week to recover and reorient themselves. Uh, I agree with all that. I but you know, I didn't have time to reorient themselves. They got to play Washington State. They got to play Virginia. Coming off of a win, a nice play win. Idaho State live on BYU TV. That's essentially uh, you know an FCS week is different, right? And then you have a bye week. Then you're Georgia Southern, who's already fired their coach. Triple option. Then you have USC. So you can build to USC for in theory a couple of weeks emotionally. All right, coming up. Look, nobody has been more pro Big Twelve than me yet. <laughs> I got snubbed by the Big 12, and this has to stop. Come on, man. We'll show you what happened. And ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us. What now for 5-2 and two BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today on Coordinator's Corner, Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick and Defensive Coordinator Elisa Tuiaki join the show to recap the loss at Baylor and look ahead to the game at Wazoo. Catch it on the BYU TV app at 1 Eastern Time. Let's talk about We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. Well, Trevor Maddich of ESPN, former BYU Cougar, always joins us on Mondays. And earlier today, I talked to him about 5-2 and two BYU and what now? All right, Trev, lots to talk about with BYU and Baylor. Certainly two losses in a row for the Cougars. Cougar fans wondering, hey, what's going on the last two weeks? What are you seeing that is the common denominator of two losses in a row after a 5-0 and start? Two physical teams that pushed around the BYU defensive front. That's really what happened. I mean, the offense could have done more in both of those games. But against Boise, you had Jerem all coming back from his injury. And that was his first game back, and he wasn't quite himself. And needed the defense to step up, and the defense struggled. Uh, Jaron had a terrific game against Baylor by most accounts. There's a couple things that he missed, but overall, you can't really fault him at all. And the defense needed to step up and put a speed bump in front of Baylor. But the physicality of Boise and of Baylor back-to-back, given some of the injuries that BYU's defensive front has had to deal with, was too much for the Cougars to overcome. 303 yards rushing on the ground for Baylor. Certainly a concern. Abram Smith goes for 188 himself. 6.4 yards per carry allowed. Where do you start defensively with BYU trying to slow down the run where Boise State hadn't run it effectively, did, and then Baylor comes in and rushes for 300-plus? Yeah, it's hard to fix this, but you can point to a couple of things that they can do better. The one that's most fixable in the short term is to set the edge better. Too often, BYU's edge guys, the guys that had contain, got stuck on the middle of a guy trying to block him when they really need to keep their outside arm free and they need to be more aggressive in driving upfield to set an edge to turn him back inside. That's not just a matter of, well, the other guy just blocked me. That's a matter of not handling those blocks on the edges 
as well as I know that they can do. The other is the defensive line needs to eat up blockers. Too often, especially with Baylor, offensive linemen would double team at the point of attack and then come off of that double team, one of them, and get on a linebacker at the second level, which, by the way, is exactly what BYU likes to do when they're rolling. And the D-line of the Cougars was not able to eat up two blocks. And so the linebackers, instead of being able to flow and attack like they do when they're, they're at their best, they had to deal with 300-plus-pound monsters coming to the second level before they could even think about coming off and making a tackle. So those two things, set the edge hard, aggressively, with correct technique, and the D linemen need to be dirt eaters and just eat up blockers so that the linebackers can flow because the strength of this team is still the linebackers. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. BYU's inability to run effectively the last two weeks feels like it was a preventer from competing maybe and winning those two games. Baylor, it feels like uh, that's going to be a shootout that Baylor probably wins anyway, but BYU's got to run the ball more effectively. Uh, 2.8 yards per carry. Jaron Hall has a tremendous fourth and one run for 56 yards. But besides that, BYU run game's not been able to get going the last two weeks. Yes, BYU does have two freshmen playing and some backups with injuries to Harris Lachance and others. But Cougars on offense uh, kind of need to kickstart that. What are you seeing on the offensive side of the ball? Well, you, you've got to give some credit to that Baylor defense because they were really good at stopping the run. They focused on that. They knew exactly how to do it. And they did it. I mean, Tyler Algier had, what, 33 yards? I didn't think the Hoover Dam could hold Tyler Algier to 33 <laughs> yards rushing, for goodness sake. And so I think that the thing they've got to do from the rushing attack is keep doing what they're doing, keep pounding it. And if the defense comes up and stuffs them, which Baylor did, you've got to go over the top. The thing about going over the top is that they need a little bit more consistency with what they were doing with the throw game. Again, it was really good from a number standpoint. They moved the ball. But if the defense is going to take something away, and if they're good enough to take something away, plan B has to be good enough. But it, it, it was to a degree. The thing is, BYU scored 24 points on Baylor, right? Only two teams scored more than 20 against Baylor this year so far, and that's Oklahoma State, who is undefeated right now and has a, a legitimate chance at the playoff. And then Iowa State, who was a team coming into the season that a lot of people thought were, were you know, potential Big 12 uh, championship contenders. And so those two teams scored 24 and 29 points. BYU scored 24 points. And so in some ways, you've got to give credit to that Baylor defense. Because if, if you're not stuffing the ball, if you're not just pushing people around, you're not pushing people around. And you've got to go to plan B. And so uh, the pass game did do well, but it wasn't the good pass plays that really mattered in this game. It was the things that weren't working. BYU, you know, they, they scored from four drives. They uh, threw the ball down the field. Jaron had that big run. But there were a whole bunch of three and outs or four and outs. And those are the kinds of things that you can't do because those are drives that you need to do one of two things. You either need to get down and get points or you at least, at least need to get a couple of first downs so that you're driving the ball up the field, punting from a more advantageous position and giving your defense a longer field to defend. And so these are things that the BYU offense has got to kind of look at. Teams that are good can limit your plan A. Plan B needs to be good enough to get it done. And for BYU, plan B is not just throwing, but it's being consistent enough to not have three or four and out so often. Yeah, and there were some catch-up yards and points there, given that BYU was down three scores. The game changed a little bit, but all good. When you look at the running attack, I feel like Jaron Hall's rib injury is being underplayed. 
he clearly is not going to carry the ball in the same way that he carried it against Utah and Arizona State. And Trevor, I would argue without Jaron Hall's legs, I'm not sure BYU wins those games. Now that And then Baylor Romney's concussion plays a huge role here because if Baylor Romney's healthy, maybe you don't have to play Jaron Hall in a state where he uh, one of his best attributes is taken away. I feel like that's a big deal that Jaron, yes, on fourth and one ran there. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like eight or nine carries where he's going to have 50 to 80 yards and affect the game. Baylor Romney hopefully can get healthy. Hopefully Jaron Hall can get healthy. And then BYU can be that team that beat Utah and Arizona State, because I don't, I don't think they have the full accoutrement of op, uh, offensive options right now with those injuries to the quarterbacks. They don't. And really, what team will succeed if that happens? What team at least will not struggle to succeed? And I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know this for a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised if the coaching staff, staff told Jaron to not run as much as he would want to, to protect himself. And so that might have taken away some opportunities that he may have extended. He may have taken off and run, but he didn't because he was told not to because they can't afford to lose him right now again. And so these are things that also affect what he's doing. Will they call fewer potential quarterback runs? I think so. And I think the defense knew that. And so they got into the backfield and they sacked him a lot. They, they got after him a lot in the backfield. Most of that, I think, was on the offensive line. But Jaron could have absolutely affected that had he been more the runner that he was in the first part of the season. I don't mind that they are protecting him physically. I don't mind that he doesn't want to throw his body around right now, or at least it seems that he doesn't, to in order to protect himself. That's what he kind of needs to do. But you're right, Jaron. Or Jaron. Jaron and Jaron. I'm not getting those conflated. Uh, you're right, Jaron, that, that his – I don't want to say inability. The fact that he didn't affect the game with his legs as much as he did earlier in the season was a big factor when you face a really good defense like Baylor. Okay, Washington State uh, this week, uh, TBD on Nick Rolovich's situation, right, Uh, with the state of Washington and vaccinations and whatnot. Virginia, the Bronco Bowl, I'm calling it, the next week. Then to, uh, you know, Idaho State, bye week, Georgia Southern, you think those two wins. And then at USC, five games left. Five and two. I feel like there's probably one loss in there somewhere. Hopeful for four and one. Five and all feels aggressive given the last two weeks. How many regular season uh, wins do you feel like BYU will end up with? Well, right now it looks like eight or nine because, like you said, you know if they if they play it out the way that you just described, that's about the way it'll turn out, and that's reasonable because some of those opponents are really good. Washington State, for goodness' sake, they've won their last three games in a row. All of them against Pac-12 teams that have had some big wins this year. They beat Cal. They beat Oregon State, who's had some big wins this year. If you haven't followed Oregon State, they're really looking good. And then they beat Stanford. And so that's the last three games for the Washington State Cougars. So this is a schedule that remains very tricky and very challenging for BYU. But but I would say this for fans. I think fans were spoiled with BYU getting into the top ten and undefeated so deep into the season. And if you would have said preseason that BYU was going to finish, say, 9-3 and three against this schedule, if you're a fan, what would you have said? I think most people would have said that's, that's pretty good against this schedule, especially since you're, you're replacing now Zach Wilson, an all-timer at quarterback. And so these are things that I think the expectations are the enemy of the, the success that they are having and can continue to have. Yeah, absolutely. They were altered at 5-0 and and number 10, right? And BYU is in the college football playoff conversation. I was saying, no, 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 no. I, I felt like two weeks ago there were at least two losses on the schedule. I just didn't think that happened the next two weeks. So 
I agree with you. If BYU can go nine and three, aka four and one in the last five, with a chance for ten in a bowl game, you'd finish ranked probably, and you'd probably be preseason top twenty-five going into next year with a returning quarterback. Who knows if Tyler Algiers back if he continues to have this success? Although the last two weeks have been different. It's an important stretch here in the going into the final year of uh, independence, but the schedule's kind of tough, right? You got three P5s left. Washington State's looking better, so BYU's got to bring it, Trevor, because like you said, this isn't the schedule that BYU's typically played. There have been seven Power Fives, but there's still a lot to play for. If BYU finishes 9-3 and three in the regular season, that's a tremendous season. Sure it is. And, Jaron, did you just say that you said a couple weeks ago that you saw two losses in the season? In I, the season? I still felt like there were two losses did you, no, did you felt, in this did schedule. Did you say it out loud? Yeah, on the show. Did you say it out loud? Yeah, on the show. And then they lost. Listen, I'm not that them. powerful. I don't this believe in chances. You. Come on, Trev. Now listen, no, I don't either. I'm not superstitious. <laughs> I think it's bad luck to be superstitious. Do, do the math on that one. But yeah, I think you might have jinxed them. Yeah, the thing is though, now you look at it from the standpoint of the team, right? The team is looking at one game, Washington State. Is that a winnable game for BYU? Yeah. Yes. If they play up to their capabilities, they can win that game. Is Virginia a game they can win if they play up to their capabilities? Yes. If they stay healthy, if they practice perfectly, and I mean perfectly, every rep of every drill, every game is a winnable game. They could still finish 10-2. and 9-3 and three would still be an outstanding season. 8-4 and four against this schedule would be respectable. And so, again, looking at it big picture, these are things that fans can look at. From a standpoint of what they've already accomplished, though, I think to date right now is really remarkable what they've been able to do having lost so many guys to the NFL and coming out against such a tough schedule early on and being able to get 5-0 and in the top 10 from there. Attrition affected them after that. A little bit of making mistakes that they weren't accustomed to, especially the fumbles against Boise, affected them after that. But now they have a chance to reset and keep going. And for the fans, it's all about, hey, big picture, where can they end up when we look back at it in January? But for the team, it is one game. And it's not even one game. It is one drill in practice that they have to do at championship level. And it's not even the one drill. It's this rep in practice. And to stay focused like that is really exhausting. But that's what they need to do in order to finish out the way that they are capable of finishing out. They really need a bye week, but it ain't coming for three weeks. <laughs> they have to play two more power fives in a row. Okay, you, uh, you've clamored yeah. for years. Hey, when you're a receiver, you got to go get it. You got to go get that ball. How about Puka Nakua on Saturday? Five for 168 and a touchdown. A man named Puka was absolutely the beast of the day for the BYU offense. He was fantastic. And Gunnar Romney had a good day. There was an Isaac Rex sighting, too. I couldn't believe that. I'm looking up going, oh, hey, they threw the ball to Isaac. That's that's nice. I'm glad they did that. Uh, but Puka, even running the ball. You know, he had one of their longest runs, which isn't saying a lot in this game. But he has been largely uncoverable, and the Baylor defense actually praised him after the game, saying that he's a great athlete and a great player. And they're right, but I'll tell you this, when you get that kind of praise from your opponent, that is, uh, that, that's high praise because your opponent doesn't have to praise you. A lot of times they just want to trash talk after they win, but they had praise for Puka. They also had praise, by the way, Baylor did now. They're players, not just their coaches, for the B- way that BYU conducted themselves with so much integrity and class. And they were very impressed with the culture of BYU that was apparent in the way that they played the game. And, B- and Baylor players came out and said that 
after the game. And I'll tell you what, that is, that is high praise indeed. So you've got Puka being praised as an athlete. You've got the team in general being praised for their class. Um, you know, this, this BYU team is headed in the right direction. Washington State and BYU coming up Saturday. Trevor, as always, you're not superstitious, maybe just a little stitious. We appreciate the time. No, no, that's right. It's bad luck to be superstitious, yeah. <laughs> ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. Are you superstitious? Are you a jinx guy? Uh, oh, do you feel I, like you I, can jinx things. Yes, I do. I, even though realistically I realize that's not possible, logic tells you it's not possible. That doesn't keep me from worrying about Gregor it. Gregor Bell, anti-jinx guy. Um, I am 95% anti-jinx guy. I think there's a little piece of me that I don't believe in it, but just in case, I don't do it. Do you think it's my fault BYU's lost? Oh, 100%. No, no, no. The, the, the last two losses squirrely <laughs> on your shoulders. It's no question about it. Why, is, why am I burdened today? All right, coming up, is calling for a change at quarterback for BYU an overreaction right now? We will discuss. And did I encourage the aforementioned Gregor Bell to commit theft in Waco? And did he? <laughs> he did not. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU football with Kalani Satake airs tomorrow night on the BYU TV app. Join Greg Rubel and the coach as they look back at the Baylor game and preview this week's battle between the Cougars. Tune in Tuesday night on the BYU TV app beginning at 8.30 Eastern and always on demand. No, Cougars will win jokes this week. Okay, we're just done with that. He is Jason. I'm Jeremy. This is BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok with BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Good Whip Round, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. All right. Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, tweeted out a picture of this sign in the visiting AD booth at Baylor. And, Jerem, on Twitter, you weighed in uh, asking Greg to, quote-unquote, steal this sign. Yeah. Which, by the way, let's be honest, the sign is pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, what are the odds that Greg Rubel brought that sign home? No, I did talk to Greg this morning. And it's in my eye. No, just kidding. Uh, he said, no way. Uh, and he said that thing looked like it was like 200 pounds. Like, it was legit. Yeah, like, that was not like, like something cheap. really well crafted. Yes. So they took time. It wasn't, you know, cheap, which is pretty cool. It's very cool. But I asked him to put it in his carry-on and bring it home. That clearly didn't you happen. You also encouraged him to steal. Uh, shout out to Carl Carl Russell. Jerem, don't encourage Greg to break the community. It would have been borrowing. We would have given it back. Come on, man. Speaking of things seen in the Baylor Press Box, there's a long-standing tradition on our show not to include Jason's photo in the BYU Radio pregame promos. <clears throat> Looks like Baylor and the Big 12 are following suit. Jason, how do you feel about this? Look, uh, I would like to say that it was not immediately uh, brought to my attention. Look at this. Vi- okay, so here's this. Visiting one. radio. Yes, it's very cool. And, awesome, and, if you, right? and if you look over to the left, um, there's a great shot of the BYU radio team. And guess who's not there? Ben Bagley. Uh, yeah, let's zoom in on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see Mitch. I see Greg. I see Riley. Mm, interesting. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give Baylor the benefit of the doubt because we okay. did take some pictures that day of just the three of them because they're the traveling part. I do not travel with them. Yeah. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that that was that picture. I am not going to give What's the benefit that? of the doubt to Ben Bagley, our producer, who has purposely told our students to crop me out of photos. <laughs> we only have so much space. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Amy Jones, a.k.a. at uh, Ames Flames on Twitter. Big fan of the program. May have been the real MVP on Saturday with her daughter Coco, who got pictures with multiple Cougar notables with her, quote, I'm not Jaron Hall sign. <laughs> uh, Amy tweeted the following. I call this photo collection. Will the real Jaron Hall please stand up? ESPN, you're welcome. Is this truly elite? Oh, well, and she had Jaron Hall. Which is the best. I'm Jaron Hall, yeah, which is awesome. Uh, this is great. She had Tijon Karoma and Micah Simon and Reno Mahe and Jack DeMooney. That's a li- I love that Jack acts and dresses like he's still a player on the team. I love that energy. Honestly, well, earlier in the day, it. he was in his swim trunks yep. at the pool. Yep, yep. It's awesome. I love it. No, that's elite. That is. That's the, an there's elite no question situation. it's elite. And I love that this has continued to gain steam like uh, every week on yeah. the road. Like this could, tur- this could turn into a really fun thing for the rest of the year. The West Coast Conference begins the season as the top-ranked non-power six in basketball at six with the Big East. Conference and college hoops according to KenPalm.com. What does this mean for BYU hoops? N- nothing. I mean, like... This has never happened. They've never been ranked this high in Ken but, 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 I mean, you still have to go out and win games. So what does it mean today? No, you like, win in sure. the preseason. You're like, yeah, you get, you're, <laughs> getting, you're getting some recognition. That's great. But, like, what does it, what does it mean for BYU hoops? We hang a banner. T- today, what are you talking today about? Today, right now, doesn't mean anything for anybody in the WCC. Top non-P6 conference. We're hanging a banner in the Marriott Center. What are you talking about? This doesn't mean anything. You're right. No, it's nice. Mark Pope is acting the like there might be a non Big three team that might make the NCAA tournament finally this year. That that would be a big deal. Yes. If that well, it doesn't have to be that. It could be top more top one hundred teams, right? If you can have like six in the top in the top one hundred, now that helps Bioy's net, which has been incredible the last two years. All right, Jim McMahon posted some photos of his grandsons who dressed up for the Bears-Packers game yesterday. Did they already win Halloween with this? The answer is yes. I think they own Halloween like Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Okay, <laughs> um, th- This was great. This one, this is amazing. Look, Jim McMahon's grandkids are hilarious. I, I, as much as I like the grandson that is dressed like Jim, the, the one dressed like Mike Ditka, Ditka is the best. What if it's that hurric- is the best? What if the Hurricanes named Mike Ditka? Said SNL. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Good stuff. That is fantastic. All right, coming up, uh, the prop pick results. And could Puka Nakua become the best receiver at BYU ever? Overreaction, underreaction, including should BYU consider starting Baylor Romney if he's healthy over Jaron Hall? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, reviews the Baylor game this week. Watches Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon break down the film AFR. Available tomorrow on the BYU TV app at 7 Eastern. Nice interception by Peyton Wilgar on uh, what, the what second drive from Baylor to prevent points. That was good. I wish he had kept up like that. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Okay, two losses in a row. A lot of conversation, a lot of reaction, some overreaction, some underreaction, probably right. Let's take a look at these uh, in a segment we call Overreaction, Underreaction Monday, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Let's bring in the voice of BYU Sports Nation, the coordinating producer. He's in charge here, Ben Bagley, to present the first topic. All right, first comment. BYU should consider starting Baylor Romney over Jaron Hall. Now, this is an interesting one. Jaron's played really well the last uh, you know, t- two weeks, I would say. Obviously, he has an interception last week and, and, and yet threw for a career-high 345, right? But the Baylor-Romney thing's interesting. I said last week, if Baylor-Romney's healthy and Jaron isn't with the ribs and can't run and take hits, he can run, but I mean take hits, 
is Baylor Romney a better option? I, it's a question that I think needs to be figured out. Um, Baylor Romney has been a G5 killer, right? He hasn't started against a Power 5 team. That would be a new venture for Baylor. I think he's ready for it if he's back from a concussion. But there's no reason to bench Jaron right now. The people that want to gen- bench Jaron, I don't think understand what's going on. In fact, we had something pretty special on Saturday, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Courtesy of BYU Statsman, Jaron Hall had four passes of 45-plus Yes, uh, Saturday in, in the loss to Baylor. Only four of the quarterbacks at BYU have ever done that. John Walsh, John Beck, Robbie Bosco, Steve Sarkeesian. The explosiveness is there. Yes. Yes, there were some, as I mentioned to Trevor, catch-up points and yards when you're behind 17. You're doing that, right? But... <sighs> I don't think Jaron Hall should be benched. He hasn't done anything to deserve to be benched. I just think you ought to consider bringing Baylor in if something happened against Washington State where you're not as effective as you need to be, and maybe Baylor arm, Baylor's arm is a difference. Okay, and, but that's, that's the role of a backup. That, that's every game. You know, if, if something happens or you know, the starter's not doing what, what the offense needs, that, that's, that's what the backup quarterback does. And, and I just it, argued for Jaron's arm. Yes, so, so. yeah. <laughs> So, but so I'm with yes. I'm with you. There is no reason to not start Jaron Hall right yes. now. There, there's yeah. there is not. So in terms of the just simply the question should be, should be why you consider starting Baylor over Jaron. The answer is no. I mean that's Jaron is the starter. The coaches have all said. What has he done to not deserve? Exactly, he's he's done nothing. I, I just yeah, and if I mean you put he, he's in, done nothing to deserve to, to not be the starter. Yes, and if you put Baylor Romney in, is he going to be a better passer than Jaron? I think overall. Like getting the ball out, spreading it out, blah, blah, blah. I think yes. But Jaron Hall has grown as a deep ball passer. Granted, some of these throws are under uh, underthrown, but they're being caught. Is He's good. He's a good player. He's a really good uh, downfield passer right now. I think he's grown a lot. We've seen some explosiveness. Obviously, Puka Nakua had his breakout game uh, on Saturday. So there's no reason not to start Jaron Hall. I just would love if Baylor Romney is ready that, hey, if things aren't going well, maybe that's an option. Well, but Jaron Hall hasn't deserved to be benched. No, he he absolutely should continue to be the starter. And I was so happy to see the run that ultimately went for a touchdown. Because like, yep, still there. It's, it's still there. It's, it's still there. I'm not saying he can't run. It's just the contact. Yes. He, he went down quick and like awkward one time when yep. someone was mm-hmm. coming over. It's like, he still can't get hit. It's obvious. It's a rib injury. That's going to linger all season. Jaron is the That's starter. Be tough to do. I yeah. expect that to be the same moving forward, okay. as it should be. Okay, number two. Offensive line depth is a concern. Uh, oh, and so uh, we didn't declare overreaction and direct. Yeah. That was an overreaction, the previous Correct, era. overreaction, yes. Yes. What's your reaction now? Um, I, I don't. I agree with this. I think it is reaction. a reaction. Yeah, it's it is a reaction. I this is a it's legit fair. reaction. Like and I did not expect it to be. And I understand that BYU's been without some starters and and in the game uh, at Baylor Don't they were down two two chance. starters. I get it, but I I did not expect I with all of the depth we've seen at that position in terms of guys that have been able to play over the last couple of seasons, I I just I thought it was a plug-and-play. And so the fact that there has been some drop-off, that surprises me. So right now, I, I think it is a concern that there has been somewhat of a drop-off on the offensive line. Note the difference in BYU against Utah State with three backups playing. Utah State's one thing. Boise State and even Baylor are another. BYU played with uh, you know Connor Payne, Campbell Barrington as those backups playing. Campbell Barrington's going to be a good player, according to Aaron Roderick. Um, but he's young, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's a concern. Um, need to play better. 
but you just played, uh, you know, arguably the best or second best team on the schedule, Baylor. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rate it against Utah State or Baylor. I throw out the high and the low, if you will. Yeah. What BYU does against Washington State, that'll be a better indicator. We'll see. Number three. BYU has to run the ball well to win. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. BYU's, right now, BYU has to run the ball effectively and be positive in turnover margin to win. That's what it feels like. Um, against Washington State, I think there will be some running lanes. I don't think it'll be as big of an issue as it was against Baylor. Yeah, I mean, I said this in, in, our, in our trending segment. BYU is going to have to run the ball. And we've seen the stats bear it out that in the wins – They've had a significant increase in rushing yards for the game. In the two losses, they have been down. And the, the performance against Baylor was the lowest rushing total of the season by a long margin. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that BYU's down. Yeah, yes, and there, look, and, and a lot, there were a lot of Catching there up, were sacks passing, that yeah. took a lot of, some of the yards away. But still, he wasn't going to come close to what Baylor was doing. Right. There was going to be a massive discrepancy between the two rushing attacks. Jaron Hall lost 42 yards yeah. in sacks. So, but yes, yeah. they, BYU has to... It's such a weapon when you have a guy like Tyler Algier when you when when he's not getting at least a hundred, if at the very at the very least, having a guy like Jaron Hall or excuse me, having a guy like Tyler Algier open opens things up for Jaron Hall in the passing game. And look at those numbers, right? Um, the yards per rush down two point four difference, right? The carries similar number, um, but the yards per game way lower. Tyler Algier. I expect Tyler Algier to have a big game Saturday, honestly. I think he'll have a, I think he'll have a 100-yard game. I really do. I think Washington I would expect it. Yes. defense is not the same as Baylor or even Boise State. I expect, I expect 100 yards or more every game from him. That's why it's been surprising that it hasn't happened in the last two. I did not against Baylor. I, I well, see, I still did. Tougher, they, they, they had given up rushing yards, even though they'd won five of six at the time. They had let, Teams had run on them. This was the first time it, it had not happened. Yeah. Yeah, BYU needs to be able to run. So that's a fair reaction. Okay, number four. Last one. Puka Nakua may be the best receiver ever at BYU. Okay, today it's an overreaction. He, he's just starting his career. Ask me this question in a couple of years because he may be on that track. He, has, he is that good. Yeah, he, has he is two or that three good. Today left. it's an overreaction. In a year or two, it may not be. Who's your GOAT, by the way, receiver at BYU? Oh, man. I have one. Probably Collie. Yeah, it's Collie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Collie. Your I, guy Pitta, maybe? <laughs> you want to say Dennis? Uh, not talking tight ends, talking receiver, wide receivers. Yeah, um, it's, it's Collie right now. Um, I, he could be all time. I don't think he's going to pass Austin. Austin was incre- like a 1,515 touchdown year, number one in the country yards per game. Kind of. That was next level in 08. He goes early. Puka, Puka could approximate that. I just think Austin will have sort of three years of st- – well, let's see how long Puka's here, too. That's true. This year, he could go – He like, let's say he explodes the last yeah, uh, you're right. part of the season. He could bounce if he wanted. Hopefully, he'd stay here. He has a COVID year. He's technically a redshirt sophomore he wants to be. He could be here this plus two. We'll see. He's the type of talent that is in a conversation like that. We're putting him in the conversation. Yes, yes. After a couple of games. Yes. He has a five for 168, and we're like, is he the GOAT? He, he is <laughs> – Phenomenal, and he's getting better week after week. Awesome. All right, coming up, man, Baylor. Man, they were nice. Which, oh, not Remy. Uh, And I'm up one in prop picks. Did I stay there? We'll recap it. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America. 
the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is always on, available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio. Or download the podcast. All you need to do, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Prop picks, recap, number one, who will be responsible for the 11th point scored by BYU? It was Jaron Hall running for a touchdown. I specifically said Jaron Hall rush. I'm surprised did. I did that. Uh, so I get the point. Congratulations to yeah, you. We're thanks. all so happy for you. Thank you. All right, uh, number two. Uh, number of Ryan Rico punts and BYU passing TDs combined. Mm. Well, Ryan Rico had uh, four punts. Jaron Hall threw one touchdown pass to the aforementioned Puka Nakua. Uh, Nakuka gave, Nakua uh, gave BYU a total of five punts and uh, touchdown passes combined, which happens to be the number that I picked. Very nice. So I get a point. I am the winner with five. Number three, how many rushing yards will Jaron Hall have? He rushed for 6-7, lost 42, so uh, net of 25. And you picked 24, Jason. Congratulations. You win, so you get that. The standings are as follows. I have two. Spencer has one win. Brian has one win, and you have one win. We what? skipped Utah week, and we have Didn't I get two wins there? It's uh, you, you, you won the overall. You won 2-1 one, for one single win. Well, that seems ridiculous. Welcome to the show. Our Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. <laughs> Not related to the question today, but it is the Elite Voice. Tasha Lynn, 19. The beginning of BYUSN gave me PTSD. I cracked my collarbone at my high school graduation party <laughs> when I got hit by a rogue <laughs> golf ball on the mini golf course. Watch out, Shep. What? There it is. There it is. Right here. That's crazy. You're, I, you're and like I, am, I, I need to go up to HR. I need to fill out that workers' comp form oh my when we're done with this show. Let me, I know who threw it. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, despite the loss. The way Baylor treated BYU was awesome. Uh, President Kevin J. Worthen and, and Thomas F. Homo were in the uh, parade, which is awesome, in the morning. And then the, they just really welcomed BYU with open arms, which is super cool. And, Look, and it was awesome. Even though it was unnecessary, they took out all the caffeinated beverages. Out of the press box. They did? They did. It's not a thing, Baylor. We're good. But, but, but the, it was the gesture. It was not needed, but the liquor? gesture. Just kidding. <laughs> no. And women's volleyball and soccer take care of business. <laughs> but thanks to today's guest, Trevor Manage. Uh, conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Vic Soto. Stay tuned. Coordinator's Corner, Aaron Roderick, Greg Bell coming up on the app. Go Cougs. Oh! Shep taking one in the collarbone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>